That just makes me feel double welcome. <laughs> I certainly do appreciate that. And I have, in behalf of Brother Borders and Brother Mercer, Brother Gold, Billy Paul, myself, we want to say that this has been a great meeting for us. I have not had a meeting, I don't know when, that the Holy Spirit seemed to just give liberty to anything almost. And a great liberty to speak, and ministers know what that means. Such a cooperation behind you, in front of you. And it's just too bad that we didn't have the whole city around to see what the Lord did. But he never, the Holy Spirit giving visions around over the building so swiftly to honestly, I'd have to turn my head sometime to just get strength enough to go on a little farther. Your, Your faith to believe. Now, never let it die. Now, we want to thank the school for letting us have this auditorium. We want to thank the custodian here, the caretaker, and all the school board. And we certainly pray that God will turn out many famous students from this school here. And all the people that cooperate to our sponsors and the ones who cooperated to all the laity for helping us meet our expenses. I think everything was met. That's all that's required. Just uh, the expenses being met. That's all we need. And myself, I get a, a salary. I want to thank you for the love offering and the missionary offering that you've taken. That goes straight to that fund. I don't even know, never look at any money at all in the meetings. My secretary takes care of that. It's all banked and put away, building up to I get enough to go overseas. Then when I go overseas to be sure that the, the money goes right, I take it myself. And I minister with the ministry that's been right in Europe to you all, all around the world. And someday over there in the other land where there will be, well, millions will be gathering, because of your cooperation to help send me other places, I trust that there will be tens of thousands of heathens that would have never known Jesus Christ, except you would have helped me go. Now, maybe you, God never called you to go, but you sacrificed some of your living so I could go. And I'll go do everything I can and promise you, by the grace of God, every penny of it will be spent just as reverently as it can be. Even from the little 13 cents of my little sweetheart last night that gave us to the largest sum of money will be well taken care of and spent to the best of our knowledge. Now, our trustees at the church, one of them is sitting present right now, Mr. Sothman back there. And the others are fine Christian men like he. And they see to that. That this finances goes exactly to what it's sent for. It goes to the foreign missions uh, to help build the kingdom of God. In there, when I go in, you say, well, I belong to the assemblies. The next say, well, I belong to the four square. Remember, my brother, sister, that money goes right into your church over there, too, because I don't represent any certain denominations. They all gather like they do here, see? And, and when the converts come, whatever church they want to go to, it doesn't matter to us. Just so they're full gospel, born again Christians. And so that way we, uh, we do everything we can reverently, knowing that we'll have to answer from the least little gift until the highest at the day of the judgment. And I want to be found a good steward of the Lord's business at that day. And we certainly thank each and every one of you for all you've done, for your faith. I noticed on the nights I have begun to notice in America, and like many other places, the people get up sometimes, you go into a meeting and they don't agree with what you're saying, they'll get up and walk out. 
Just walk out deliberately. I've not noticed that in this meeting. And I've tried your patience going on up to 10 o'clock. <laughs> and people have sat right in the church, hot, fanning, sat right there till the last, per- last things finish at the pulpit. That's loyalty. Yes. God bless you people. I don't know. Hope I get to see you again. If I don't, what I told you last night about that place, may God answer my prayer. And every one of us meet there. I love you now, and you love me, but we don't know what it is till we get there. And that's true. I trust that if I get to come again, that the new ministry that I'm trying to get into session now will be working perfectly like the others at that time. Some of them told me out there a few minutes ago that the little baby we prayed for on the platform last Sunday afternoon was here. If I'm not mistaken, this little blonde-headed mother here is a baby better. I'm so glad of that. That's good. Said it was getting well now, drying up, coming to scab. Now, aren't we thankful for that? The doctors could do nothing for it. If you only knew that disease spreads all over the face and just eats it up, see. But now it's healing and scabs come over the place and it's healing up. We are grateful. This won't embarrass you. There was, the little lady wondered why one thing was said on the platform about a place that she was from. See, the Holy Spirit. Immediately after the meeting, I was walking down the street and uh, I met them and questioned. I said, certainly, that's right. That's where you are from, yourself. But when you married, you moved somewhere else or whatever it was there. Then she says, see what the devil trying to get you to do? See, that baby wouldn't be getting well if you kept on thinking that. See? But if you believe, just if it's perfect enough to tell things perfect, it's, it'll be perfect in the healing too. Just believe all things, whatever God has said, you just believe it because it isn't me, friends. Remember, if I never see it, you all again, many of you, till you see at the judgment, those visions, that pillar of fire and light is the truth. It's the truth. Now, I'm a poor uh, servant of the Lord. I make so many mistakes that I'm ashamed of myself. I don't willfully make them, but I, it, I do things that I shouldn't do, such as I might say, come pray for this, and all right, I'll be right over there and pray for that. Here's another, here's down here, down here. I forget about it. I don't mean to do that. I don't mean to be that way. And then as many times I wish I could stand a little longer in line when that discernment's going on, but it just simply kills me. I just can't do it. And when I seen that vision the other morning, I looked, I thought, God, let somebody hold me up. Then I got to thinking, yeah, they did that one time, and I was off the field for eight months. See, I couldn't tell when anyone come to me where it's vision or not. See, you, you can't, you just, you'll never be able to reach all. We know that. But we can do everything that we can do to help. So from here, we go over to California to Lake Spring, Lake Port. Lake Port, California for next week. The following week, we're up here at Yakima, Washington. One night in Tacoma as we go through. Then on into Summershade, Kentucky, and on, so on and on. And as soon as I can, I'll be going into Germany, Switzerland, Africa, India, and down into Australia, and Melbourne, Sydney, and New Zealand, around over the world. Be praying for me. I ask you one more favor. Will you pray for me while I'm gone? See, until we meet, you pray for me. And I'll remember, when the great challenges before the holy man in India, the witch doctors in Africa, in the great interior where... And Australian around where those pagan heathens, they'll come right up and challenge you. And when they make their challenge, I'll be remembering that over in the Klamath Falls Valley, there's a group of people praying for me. And I'll know that God will hear your prayer. 
And I need your prayer. It's praying people that call me up. Now, as a little boy, I had no home, as hardly you know. I don't mean that any disgrace to my father and mother, but you've read my life story. No one, I always loved people. I wanted people to love me. And no one would talk to me. I'd be standing on the street as a young man. Someone come along, I'd be talking to someone. If there's anyone else they could talk to, they'd get away. Because of the background of my father drinking and moonshining and so forth. So I, I, I hate to say that, but it's, it's no, I'll trust. My daddy died in my arms giving God praise. So I, I, I trust that it doesn't reflect anything, but see the truth. If it's bad about me, let me say it anyhow, because it's the truth. See, just, that's, that's the reason I believe the Bible. Being, if I never read it but one time or looked in it, when it talked about Lot living with his daughters and so forth like that, it don't pull no strings. It tells the truth. See? Now when they say George Washington never told a lie, that's history. I don't know about that. But when it comes to this, it tells the truth. Whether it's good or bad, it tells it just the same. That's the way we ought to be. If it's bad, it's going to be across the canopies of the sky someday anyhow. So you might as well confess it now and say, if that's the way it was. See? And then be honest. You never have... You can never serve God correctly till you get every little thing out of the way where you can stand free. How can I walk out that door unless I understand and have a good knowledge that I can walk out that door? Then by faith I walk out the door. See? That's the only way you can. If there's anything in your way hindering you, you just can't do it because that thing raises right up in front of you all the time. See? And so be honest, truthful. Serve God with all your heart, laying aside every sin that's easily beset you, that you might run the, with patience the race that's set before you, looking to the author and finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. And watch, he is our example. Now, if I put a stumbling block in your way, don't let that hinder your salvation with Christ. If your pastor, he's a man, if he puts a stumbling block, don't let that hinder at all. The thing you want to do is keep your faith on God and look to Jesus Christ as your example. He is your example, the perfect one. Now, uh, each and every one of you, thanks again. Now, we're, we're designating this time this afternoon. Mostly we had an altar call last night. And I trust that every precious soul that found the Lord Jesus in these meetings will take your membership with some of these churches. Because they, they believe in this. They wouldn't be having me up here if they didn't believe in this ministry. Now, my ministry is in a little slump now because it's changing in America from one to another. And if you've noticed it, the first was a sign that the people looked at. The second was a sign that only God himself could do. Now, in this third ministry, it lays it right straight back in the lap of the people again. See, if they'll come with that sincerity, no doubt at all, watch the Holy Spirit, they operate itself. He comes up on me and tells them just exactly it heals right there. See, but they have got to come, not with an emotional faith, but with a solid faith to believe it is the truth. See, if God puts it right back in the individual's lap again. Because it has to be that way, because there's no power in man to heal. And these things that I've told you about the squirrels, about the, the healings of those people and those things, God in heaven knows that every word of that is as true as I know how to say it. That's right. And so I know that just ahead of me now lays a greater ministry than what I have. But it'll take the people just a little bit. When they go to getting faith in it, it'll start working. How do I see visions out over the audience there? How is it? It's because you yourself are doing it. I don't do that. You do it. Now, I doubt whether either any of you ever seen a real vision, see me have a real vision. My wife could tell you how it is. Sometimes I lay for hours without a bit of breath, or, and a doctor can examine and find no pulse. It's like a match and hold it that close to my nose and no breath for an hour or more. 
But that's in a real vision. This is a vision like, but you're doing it. Let me... I, I'm better not. We got too much time. I was going to try to explain to you the best that I know how. Is it all right? Yeah. No one can never explain it because it's inexplainable. But here's the best of my knowledge. Uh, I'll take my minister brother who's here on the platform. All right. We're all going to a big carnival, or I say a circus. That's why I used to have to do one come in town, and we'd have to peep through a knothole somewhere, watch it because we couldn't go in. Now we're going to say that. At, uh, all of us is at this great uh, circus and we can't get in. And it happens to be that God made me a great tall man. And he made uh, another brother a short, stout man. Now, we cannot help what we are. Jesus says, who taking thought can add one cubic to his statue? You can't do it. God makes you just what you are. That's where I differ a little with our latter brethren or latter day reign brethren of trying to lay hands on people and make them prophets and so forth like that. God sets in the church. See? If man does it, it's just like electing a bishop or electing something else. It seldom works. But when God sets it, it's, it's foreknowledge. By foreknowledge, he foresaw everything. Do you all believe that God is infinite? Well, if he is infinite, he knows every flea would ever be on earth, how many times it ever bat its eyes, and how much tallow it would make before the foundation of the world ever started. Now, that wouldn't even half express infancy. Infinite. He's so perfect till he knows the everything that would ever do. He knows every time how, many, how long your fingernail would be and how many times you bat your eye and how many times you moved your finger before the world ever began. Every individual. That's infinite. See? Infinite, there's just no, there's no explaining to it, so you can't explain the word. It's just like um, uh, on, your, uh, on your camera, or when you go beyond a certain range, then it's, it's, it's just on, it's eternity. Now, that's God. Then he knows all things. Now, we're going to find he set in church certain ministries for certain ages. You believe that? Yeah. Certainly he did. Now, we're all at a carnival or a circus. We can't get in. We haven't got no money. Now I look and say, Brother Border, sure, maybe he's a short, stout man. He's strong enough. He can pack water to the elephants, maybe get himself in. Well, I couldn't do it because I'm kind of a weakling, but I'm real tall and thin. And we're slipping around inside the big board fence, and, and we're both saying we find a knot hole, and it's way up here high. Well, Brother Borders could never get up to that knot hole. But I can if I'll jump. All right, I'll make a great big jump and grab my finger just around top of the fence. I'll pull up. I look through the hole, I come back down and say, what did you see? Elephant. Oh, you did. Uh-huh. Yeah. What else did you see? Now, that's the visions that you see here in the church. See, I'm standing there. You yourself are operating that. You're doing that yourself. When you're out there in the audience and believing, you're the ones doing that yourself. Jesus told the woman, thy faith. Why didn't you feel the touch of the rest of them? They didn't have that faith. But that one woman touched him. See? Thy faith has saved thee. Now, the first thing you know, you now there I stand on the platform. Here's the person. I've never seen them in my life. All right. What I do, I enter into a relaxation of my own self into a gift. And the first thing you know, I see the woman. She's got cancer. You have cancer. Oh, my. I want to drop like from here. See, whew, that was hard. Yes, I got cancer. See? That ought to alarm the whole audience. But it doesn't. Doesn't even alarm her sometimes. He gets that. I can feel it right then, see. Now, what else did you see? Oh, here we go again. Jump up. 
get my fingers a whole card, just barely reach it. And pull hard. What else did you see? The giraffe. See? What else have I got? Well, you've also got a asthmatic cough. Yeah, that's right. I'm just about gone by that time. See? Now, here stands the whole church won't know something about themselves. See, they're doing that themselves. Now, here comes the, the, the giant by, the ringmaster. What are you doing, son? I was looking over the fence through that knot hole telling these man, you reach down and get me in his hand, fix me up here. He says, you see here? You see that thing there? It takes place. It comes over here. The garland riders come by here, go down here, and it happens down here. And this woman jumps off here, goes through this hoop of fire. This goes up. Oh, that's the way it is. Yeah. All right, that's the way it is, son. Now, that's God using his gift. Here is you using God's gift. There, on the real vision, is God using his gift. That never bothers me. Don't hurt me a bit. Because I'm just sitting right in the palm of his hand. He's showing me. That's when God wants to use his gift. And that's when you are using God's gift. I can't use it. It's not for me. It's for you. I can see nothing for myself. See? It's all for you. I got uh, thousands of things in my heart this afternoon I wish he'd show me. But he doesn't show me what for me to do about me. It's for you. I'm just a public servant of God to you. You understand now? Now, you said that's not scriptural, Brother Bram. Yes, it is. Now, wait a minute. Uh, Jesus was living with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. you remember that? And the father said to his son, I want to use... You believe God was in Christ? Certainly was. All right, father wants to use his gift uh, on earth. So he tells Jesus, you go away from the home because Lazarus is going to die. Be gone four days. After four days, Lazarus will be dead. Then you return and go back and raise him from the dead. And if you ever said, no virtue left that, went on over. And four days they said to him, come pray for Lazarus, he's dying. He just kept on going. Sent another messenger, come pray for Lazarus, the one you love, he's dying. Just kept going on. And after the amount of time, he said, Lazarus sleepeth. Oh, he said, if he sleeps, he does well. He said, he's dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. Because they've been trying him to get him to do something was against the will of God. And brother, sister, if I never see you again, that's one of the greatest fights I have. Look right over the audience and see somebody that I know that isn't going to be well. And then someone try to get me to do something that's against the will of God. And I can't tell that person because it do to hurt them. And there you always have to bottle it up in your soul and keep it and keep moving on praying. It's, it's killing. And then the first thing you know, then we'll... Uh, Lazarus, when he come back, went to the grave of Lazarus. Listen to what he said. Father, I thank thee thou hast already heard me. See? See? He noted already. But I pray for thee's sake that stands around. Then he called Lazarus in the grave. Now, he never said anything about... That was raising a man after he'd been dead for four days and bugs was eating up his body. And that man stood up and lived again and went to supper one time with Jesus. Is that right? Now, that was a greater miracle. And that little woman that come through and touched the hem of his garment, he said, I got weak. Virtue went out of me. Is that right? One was God using his gift. The other was that woman using God's gift. Because she said in her heart, he's a holy man. If I can touch his garment, I'll be made whole. You remember that? So there is the vision. Now, it's growing beyond that now. It's coming to a place to where the people that have seen it, to have confidence and faith that will come up here before me. And I'll stand just talking to them. And if they'll just say the right thing with the right type of faith, then that anointing will come on me. And then I'll ask for them to be done right there. See, just what? 
and this meeting has been great. You just don't know the testimonies I got piled up over there on my desk and things like that are on the in my room of people that wrote back and sent back testimonies of being healed with babies with leukemia and all kinds of diseases and things. And after I'm gone a long time, you ministers watching your churches, you'll see a woman say, that female trouble I had doesn't bother me anymore, Pastor. Or the stomach trouble I had, my heart trouble's all gone. I couldn't call them. I could not call them. Is this all over the audience everywhere, just in one great big spray? You couldn't see them all. You couldn't speak to them. But it's just everywhere. They got it. Just like I said about the little Finnish girl last night. You, uh, she'll find it out after a while. So that, that's all. And so that way I go with the confidence in my heart this afternoon to know that things that we know nothing about now is already accomplished in the sight of God. So God bless you with all my heart. Let us pray a prayer now to God. Our Heavenly Father, after thanking our brethren and sisters for all their cooperation and many has prayed and fasted and churches as longed and strained and ministers as went through great strains. But we thank thee, Lord, that in all of it there has been great things accomplished. How do I know that preachers won't come from this meeting? How do I know that something isn't done that'll inspire men who are already ordained to preach? We just thank thee for all of it. Many are healed. Thou wilt confirm the word of thy servant. And the ministering brothers and neighbors will find out. And know that my words are true. That they're your words that I speak for you. That many here is healed and doesn't know it yet. Now, Father, I pray that you'll bless us in the winding up of this meeting this afternoon. God, may these churches grow and prosper and revival until Jesus comes. Grant it, Lord. Hear the prayers of your people. And we thank thee for the reverence and respects of the people. And it is written in thy word, insomuch as you do unto the least, that would be me, the least of my little ones, you have did it unto me. And as they have respected the word that I have preached in this lovely brother making that statement a few moments ago in my introduction, God, I pray that you will bless him abundantly. Now I realize that he spoke for the people, for they all cheered back. And I pray that the richest of your blessings will be upon them, Lord. Granted, I pray for all their ministries, Lord, and their churches. May they prosper and build and, and extend and the audiences be greater and the pews all fill and the altars packed and, and great healing miracles will take place by their hands that you've been so close to us, Lord, that it encourages us to know that you are still with us. We realize that this is a shaking time, that when the church will come to the minority, for it is written, Fear not, little flock, it's your Father's good will to give you the kingdom. And we realize that that must come to that place, that the chaff and wheat must be separated, and we know that this is a separating time when the world will continue to grow worse, but the church will become more concerned and your spirit will get greater and more powerful all the time in the church until Christ and the church unites together. Lord, help us this afternoon that there will not be one feeble person in our midst when we leave. Now, I commit these people to your hands. I commit myself to your hands. Lord, work with us. Give us something extra this afternoon at the closing of this service that we all might remember as long as we live with the rest of the meeting. We pray this blessing as we read the word. Water it, Lord. You said, my word will not return to me void. It will accomplish that which it was purposed for. And all the sick that's here this afternoon, 
May there not be one feeble person when this service is over. May God come so real to them that all the blackness of doubt or superstitions would be drove from their hearts and they would see perfectly the Lord Jesus in operation among his church. Grant it, Lord, and then let them catch the faith of that and move out of here as well, men and women, boys and girls, this afternoon. We thank you for the healing of this little darling baby. And I'm so glad, yet I told my wife by Sunday, I'm not hungry. Let us not go to eat, but bless her heart. She persuaded me until finally I went with them. And then on the street met this little mother, and there was a thing that Satan thought that he could rob that precious baby of that healing, causing that mother to doubt just a little bit there because that you had told her that she herself was from a certain city. And that's exactly what you meant. Then standing by the side of the car, how your great spirit come back again and opened it up to her and told her. Now today, then she believed. Now today, her little baby is getting well. We're so grateful for that, Father. Now many others, all, so many has been healed, and we thank thee for it. Their souls has been saved. We thank thee for it. And may each and everything be to thy honor and glory, for we commit it all to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, thy Son. Amen. Now we're going to turn this afternoon to St. Matthew's for the closing message. And I, I tell you, I have to confess something. St. Matthew 14th chapter, 27th verse. And I want to confess something. I thought I was preaching just a little hard. And I'm a little timid of, of ministers, you see. I'm, uh, they're shepherds. They should be a little suspicious because they're feeding the flock of God. And the Holy Ghost has made them overseers. But when me with my old slow southern way, I used to think I was a preacher a long time ago. I remember when I, my father was a rider, and he used to break broncos, and he was a real rider. Well, I remember when i go out after plowing corn and things all day, we'd bring the old plow horse in. Dad would still be at the back of the field plowing. We had an old wooden water trough. Do you remember them? An old log hollowed out where the horses drinking over an old artesian well. And... I would uh, bring the old horse down there, pull the harness off, and then we'd, um, I'd get Pop's saddle, you know, and get out there, and my little brothers would sit around on the fence, and I'd get me a big handful of cucumbers and pull it up there and tighten down the cinch and climb up on him. That poor old horse, so old and tired, you know, he couldn't get his feet off the ground. He'd just ball, you know. I'd throw that hat around, and I thought I was a rider. <laughs> I said, my, they need me out west to break their horses. About 18 years old, I slipped off and went to Arizona. Happened to be there in time of rodeo. Well, I... Put on a pair of chaps. I always wanted a pair. Pops is wore out, so he got hurt, so he had to quit riding. And I thought I'd get me a pair of chaps. And I went out and put me on a pair. <laughs> I was little anyhow, you know, and it was one of them long-legged Westerners. And there was enough leather laying out on the floor to make a saddle out of them nearly. Looked like one of these little bandy roosters with them feathers, you know. <laughs> I couldn't wear them things, so I wanted to take the saddle money home, you know, ride the silver saddle, you know what I speak of. So I got me a pair of... Levi's and went out to the, the pen and they said this go to bring out an outlaw horse and so some famous rider was going to ride him I settled up there and looked at all these old disfigured cowboys you know sitting on this fence watching I climbed up and sat down by him looked my, I seen their overalls you know all slick and warm mine just told me it was a new pair I was a rider anyhow you know I thought I'll show them how to ride these horses out west I'll tell them how it's done sitting there looking them all over you know and first thing you know they come out of the chute this guy's hit on a horse called Yellow Fever. 
a big brand on his hip, about three or four bucks and a sunfish or two, and the horse went one way, the rider another. The pickups got the horse, and the ambulance got the rider. The caller come by and said, I'll give any man a hundred dollars that'll ride him 30 seconds. He come down through there and he stopped around me and said, are you a rider? I said, no, sir. <laughs> that took the wind out of me right now. When I was a little Baptist preacher, I used to pack my Bible under my arm, you know, and go downtown and I'd see the different ones and say, hello, Reverend. Oh, that felt big, you know. Yes, sir. Are you a preacher? Oh, sure I am. One day there's a little girl by the name of Betty Darty. You read the story. And my ministry was healed. The first one in my ministry sent when it was confirmed to me over there. And her father was a Pentecostal preacher. I went out to the meeting. My, oh, my. That man would preach till... He didn't even know a microphone. He had preached till he had turned blue in the face, buckling his knees and go almost to the floor, come back up, catching his breath. You could hear him about three or four blocks away, still preaching. Somebody say, you preach? I said, no, sir. <laughs> no, sir. My old slow southern ways just can't think of it that fast. That's all. I have to kind of take my time and maneuver around and kind of wait on the Spirit, and I'm just too slow. That's all. I'm Pentecostal, brother, and just run off and leave me. So when I'm kind of slow about saying about being a preacher up on a platform when I know that's behind me, you know, so taking it easy. But when I heard them say preaching on holiness, they appreciate it. And some of those ministers shaking my hands and said, that's good, brother Brandon. That gives us courage to move on. Oh, I quit preaching. Like a couple, three nights ago, and just start testifying because I was afraid that I was might be getting a little rough on it, you know. So I, I just let it go. But I, next time I come back, I'll continue on preaching. Because <laughs> I know you just do put up with the old-fashioned sassafras. How many is what sassafras is? Save. <laughs> How many ever slept on a straw tick? How many from Kentucky? <laughs> that, that's really, that's Kentucky. Well, I was born on a straw tick. That's right. Slept on a shuck pillar for near all my life. We never had electric lights until just recently. And I remember Pop used to shave. He'd had a bunch of shucks off of the corn, you know, made himself a shaving brush, go out to Mom's tub, get the old lye soap that she, we boiled up old stuff and made the lye soap. And we'd up like that, wash his head and everything, that same lye soap. Take this old brush and put the soap suds on his face and shave. <laughs> oh, my Wish I could see him again, oh. Sure wish I could. But hold on to Christ. Or this, let Christ hold on to you. But it's just like one time, if you just let him hold you. Now, we're not a big church. That's true. But I believe God's holding us. My little girl, Rebecca, there, I tell a little story on her and Sarah one time. They're, they're both daddy's little girls, you know. And so I'd be out late, you know, and I... I love my children, and I wouldn't come in until maybe weeks. And I remember Rebecca, when I, her birth was the marking of my ministry. I asked the Lord if he'd let me stay home until the baby was born. And when I, she was born, and I went out on a trip and come back, and she began to know me. After about six months old or something, I made St. Louis and a few of the Arkansas meetings, went on down in the south. And when I left then, I never come back for nearly a year. When I come in one cold day and... We had two little rooms we were living in, had a quilt stuck in the door and pushed in around zero weather. And to keep the baby from, from forgetting me, mother had my picture sitting there and she'd say to Rebecca and she'd say, Daddy, Daddy, well, when I come back, I lost about 25 pounds and nearly all my hair was gone. I said, hi, sweetheart. She's scared. She cried. She's afraid of me. And my own child afraid of me. And mother tried to say, Daddy, and she'd point to the picture. That was Daddy, not this. Not like to kill me. 
Finally, I got her little legs and pulled them around my stomach and sat down and began to pat her and tell her I was daddy and I'd been out working for the Lord. And finally, she laid her little head over on my chest. She lay there a little while and she raised back up and looked at that picture and then looked at me again. Finally, she made up her mind. It was me, you know. When her little sister was born, well, Becky is kind of a tall, thin, long-legged. <laughs> so they was waiting up one night for me to come home and I got in kind of late. So then when I come home, I then done went to bed and Next morning, I was sort of weary and tired, a lot of visions, and I'd sleep in. I couldn't sleep. I was too weary. And when I got up, come out in the room, I sat out there. And first thing you know, Becky happened to wake up first. Well, it's daylight. Daddy might be there. Here she comes. Them pajamas just a flying. And when she runs, she, here comes Sarah, her little bitty sister, a little bitty talk about like this, wearing Becky's hand-me-downs. I guess your children does that, too. The feet about that much too long, you know. And here they were slamming them big feet coming through in her little old brown eyes. But Becky jumped right a straddle of my knee like this and put her arms around me like this and said, Sarah, my sister, I want you to know that I was here first. <laughs> That's the way some of the great denominational churches think they were there first. <laughs> And I've got all of Daddy. She was well balanced. Her feet was on the floor. She balanced herself up pretty good. Said, I've got all of Daddy, and there's none left for you. Poor little Sarah. She ducked that little head and little brown eyes, looked at me, colored up with tears, and started to turn around. And Becky was hugging her up close to me. I motioned to Sarah like this with my fingers stuck my other knee out. And here she come, them big pajama feet flying. She jumped right straddled my lap like that, and I just reached over and got her with both arms and hugged her up real tight. She laid there a little bit against my chest, and she looked over to Becky, and she said, Rebecca, my sister. She said, it may be true that you've got all of Daddy, but I want you to know Daddy's got all of me. <laughs> That's it. We may not have a lot of theology. We may not know too much about how to spit a molecule, or we're not very old, but one thing, just so Christ has got all of me. That's all I want to see. I may not have all of him. As long as he's got all of me, he'll help me and balance me until I grow a little older, I'm sure. Now, in the blessed old word, oh, I love the word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word of God. Heavens and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass away, said Jesus. Now, and straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Do not be good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. It must have been about the going down of the sun. It had been a great day, rather warm. And the big fisherman, as we know, Simon, big, burly fellow, bald-headed, wide shoulders, pushing the boat off of the bank. And he finally got it, the stern pushed off and climbed aboard himself and shoved it out into the water and walked down along the rest of the seats and tucked his place by the side of Andrew, his brother. The people on the shore were waving goodbye, God be with you till we meet again, and waving and so happy because of the great meeting that day as they started taking their oars with one accord, pulling together. That's where you make the boat move is when you make the same stroke together. That's what I've stood in the breach with the Pentecostal brethren when we can each stand by our oar and pull with the rest of them. The boat will move right on across. Our little bark will move across the sea of life that we're sailing life's solemn main now. 
And that's what we need is cooperation, coordination, and pull together steadily. It'll certainly move the load. And as they moved on out, all after the sun already turned red, going down, they got plumb out of hearing distance of the last one, waving farewell. And I believe that it must have been young John, as he was the youngest among all of them. Young John must have brushed back the shaggy hair from his eyes and said, You know, I've been thinking since this afternoon, oh, how real the Bible is to me now. Did you notice him, brethren, that look on his face when he tucked those biscuits and broke them and fed that 5,000? He looked to me like Jehovah standing there. And he broke those fishes and handed them out. And his, I got up close and looked. And to see him, when he'd break that fish in two, hand it out. And when he reached back, there would be another piece of cooked fish on there. Until thousands of pieces of fish come off of that piece of fish. Already cooked. I seen him when he broke that biscuit, handed out, reached back. And that biscuit was whole again. Just kept handed out. And seen him take up all those baskets full of food. You know, brethren, I can assure you, he must have said, that we're not deceived. That man has some contact with Jehovah. Because my mother, when I was a little boy, used to read stories to me how Jehovah rained bread out of heaven and fed our people, our ancient people, when they crossed the desert for 40 years in the wilderness God, Jehovah, fed them out of heaven, rained the bread cooked on the ground with honey on it. Now, this man does things like Jehovah did them. Amen. I like that. He said, if you can't believe me, believe the works that I do. They said, your, your, your word is wrong. You testify of yourself. He said, two is a witness. I am one witness, and my father that's with me is the other witness. He does the works. So he wasn't alone. The father, he said, if I do not the works of my father, then believe me not. But if I do the works of my father, then if you can't believe me, believe the works, because the works is my father. Uh, we might say the same thing. If we, if you can't believe us as servants of Christ, believe the Holy Spirit that's with us doing the works of Christ. Believe him. Now, so he said, that must have been some connection with Jehovah, because Jehovah performed a miracle and fed the people with bread when they were hungry and our Lord this afternoon fed the people with bread and fish when they were hungry. It must have been something, some contact he has with Jehovah. And I'm satisfied no matter what our church says, no matter what the Pharisee says or the Sadducees or any, I know that we are not deceived in this man. Because he does the works of God, the same kind of works that God did, he does them also. I can hear the brethren across the ship say, Amen, Brother John. That's just exactly right. Now, it must have been the Apostle Peter then, which was kind of at the stern of the boat, the fisherman as we call him. It must have been him that said, well, he let up on his oar, sitting by the side of Andrew. He said, well, I'll tell you what convinced me. Before this afternoon, John, Andrew went to see him first, and he come telling me about a Galilean prophet. And I said, oh, John, don't get carried away with a lot of this nonsense that goes on in this day. Because, you know, there was several 
Antichrist raised up before his coming. You knew that. The Bible said so. And it called away many. But he said, what convinced me? I can remember, and all the brethren let up their oars because it was just that little love before dark and the haze around the side of the mountains, a beautiful time. All the birds flying over, going to their nests. God had fed them through the day, and they were gathering into the nest for the evening. Oh, I'm so glad that God will gather his people at the evening time, aren't you? That's when the bride's to be called. Did you know that? In the evening time. That's when uh, Rebecca and Isaac met, was in the evening time. And uh, as the birds began to gather in, the brethren let up on the pulling of the oar. And when they did, Simon said, Andrew kept telling me, Come on, Simon, go up and see this Galilean prophet. He'll make you believe in God. Oh, I told Andrew, Andrew, you must have got carried off on the deep end. There's no such a thing as a prophet in our days. But there is, he said, there is. You should come. One day he persuaded me to go. So finally I went up and I remember what my father told me. Now, my father was a strict Pharisee, very strict in our religion. And he taught me well in the Bible. I can remember the lesson one day sitting on an old log or the end of a ship. After we'd pulled all day, and he was getting old and gray, and he tucked me in his lap, and I was just a lad. And he said, Simon, my boy, your father has raised you to believe in God. I've tried to live the strict life of our religion, a Pharisee, and I want you to come up to serve God in believing. I've waited all my days, Simon, my son, to see the Messiah come. I know what he'll look like. I know what he'll be when he comes. And I see, I don't believe I'm going to be able to see. And Simon might have stopped here and said, I see my old father brush the hair back out of his eyes as a gray beard and hair. We'd fish together on the Galilean Sea here all of our lives. And he said, Simon, my son, you may live to see the Messiah. And when he comes, he'll be a rejected one. Oh, he'll not have much flowers to follow him. But he will call the elected of God. He will call. And Simon, I prayed so hard that I'd raise a boy would be amongst God's elected. Now, Simon, when the Messiah cometh, I want you to remember. He'll be criticized. He'll be made fun of. But here's a sign that you'll know he is the Messiah. He'll be a God prophet. Because Moses, the great prophet that we followed, said, The Lord our God shall raise up a prophet like unto him. Now, he'll be a prophet like Moses, but far greater than Moses. See? He'll be a prophet, king, priest, lawgiver. He'll be God in flesh. But he'll do the sign of the prophet, and that's the way you'll know that he is the right one. See? And he said then, when I walked up before this Jesus of Nazareth, and I thought, I'll go and see if somebody falsely. I don't believe what Andrew's telling me. I believe he's just got caught up in some emotion. But when I come off of my ship, he told me he's up there on the bank. I went up and sat down on the chunk, waited to hear this Galilean speak. And while he was speaking, he turned and looked at me. And when he looked at me, I knowed he was different from other men. Just let him gaze upon you one time. I know there was something about him. When I heard him speak, he didn't speak like an ordinary man. He didn't speak like a Pharisee. He didn't speak like a priest. He spoke like a man that knew what he was talking about. And he was certainly convinced on what he said. And when he got through his speech, I stood up and looked at him in amazement. And he turned and looked at me. 
And he said, call me by my name. Said, your name is Simon. Not only that, but he knows the name of my godly old father that's gone on. Said, you are the son of Jonas. Said, brother, and that's what convinced me. He was Messiah, prophet God, God prophet. I know that was the Messiah because he had no way of knowing me. And yet he called my name and my daddy said to look for that. Not only that, but he let me know that he knew my daddy had told me such a thing. I can never forget, brethren, those eyes, how they pierced me when they looked at me. And he said, your name is Simon and your father's name is Jonas. He said it was that time that I was convinced that he was the Messiah of God. Wish we'd be that simple this afternoon. Wish the world would recognize that. I knew he was the Messiah. Must have been Philip then about the center of the boat that said, Brethren, I want to tell on Brother Nathaniel sitting up there at the other oar. Well, I went to find him. I was convinced and I heard him call Simon. And know that his name was Simon and know that his father's name was Andrew. Or know that his father's name was Jonas. And said, I was convinced. So I wanted to find this brother Nathaniel here because I knew he was a good man. And when I went over and told him to come see who we have found, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, he said, could there be any good thing come out of Nazareth? And I said, come and see. Now that's a good thing to do. Come see for yourself. And on the road around, you remember you'd say, Brother Nathaniel, how we talked and I told you, when you bought them fish from that old fisherman, he couldn't even sign the receipt, couldn't sign his own name, so illiterate. And yet, he was made the head of the church and give the keys to hell and death. No, the keys of the kingdom it was, I beg your pardon. Jesus raised with the keys of hell and death. He was give the keys to the kingdom. Now, yes, he said, I remember him. Well, he told him, his name was Simon and his father's name was Jonas. Now, you are a smart man in the Scriptures. Is not the Messiah to be that type of person? Yes. Yes, that's right. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't tell you who you were before you get off the ground. Oh, I'll have to see it. And then when Brother Nathaniel come up into the presence of our Lord, he said to him, Behold an Israelite in whom there's no God. And so surprised him. And then Nathaniel said, Yes, I was surprised. I said to him, Rabbi, when did you ever see me? And he said, before Philip called you, when you were under the tree, I saw you. He said, I was fully convinced that that was the Messiah. And I fell on my face before this man and said, Thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. I was convinced, brethren. Andrew, the brother of Peter, then said, But brethren, all of us, that day, you know, when... He was going down to Jericho, straight shot, right to Jericho from Jerusalem. But he had need to go by Samaria, up around the hill. Said the father was sending him up to Samaria. And while we got out there, you remember how sore his feet was, and he was tired and weary. And he wouldn't even go in the city. He sat out there by the well. And when we slipped back up, and they wouldn't let us have no food, you remember. So we slipped back up to the well where they were at. And when we got there, we seen a woman coming up. We thought we'd just stop and see what this woman would do. And we know she's marked an ill-famed woman. And when she was letting a pitcher down into the well, we heard their uh, conversation. And we seen our Lord stand there to that woman and see them hair drop down over her face with surprise when he said, go get your husband and come here. She said, sir, I have no husband. 
Then we wondered, uh-uh, here's a slip-up. Something's happened now. Perhaps I about like our little sister thought that was sitting there a while ago with the baby. Here's the slip-up. Something happened now because he told her to go get her husband and she said she didn't have any husband. I hope the little lady's in hearing distance somewhere. All right. She's, uh, that must have been a slip-up. And so he said, uh, we all laid there in the bushes and listened to see what he would say. And said, well, I have no husband. He said, thou hast said, well, for you've had five and the one you're living with now is not your husband. How did it change her? A moment, the hair fell down, her big pretty eyes shine, the tears rolled down her cheeks. She said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. We know that the Messiahs are coming, and when the Messiah cometh, he'll tell us these things. And we were surprised how that the unlearned Samaritans would be looking for a sign of Messiah and know the true Messiah sign. We know that when Messiah cometh, them people that wouldn't give us some food down there. Think that those people were trained well enough to know that when Messiah cometh, he'd give a Messiah sign. Yeah, said, we were all surprised, remember. And she said, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And we were comparing what the preacher said about him and what this woman said about him, a woman of ill fame, yet know more about the Scriptures than some of those priests did. They just had one road they could travel. This woman learned it from a divine conception of the Spirit. said, how could she ever know it? She said, I know when Messiah cometh, he'll tell us these things, but who art thou? He said, I'm he that speaks to you. Now, we were all aware then that that was the Messiah. We were convinced the Scriptures had borne record of His ministry that He was Messiah. Brethren, sister, don't you see the Holy Spirit today? The Holy Spirit never ceased to fall when it fell on Pentecost. Don't let no one tell you the Holy Ghost is just back there. Someone trying to tell you all this carrying on you've had here for 50 years. Pentecost is 50 years old now. Two years ago, I preached the the Jubilee sermon at the Angeles Temple of the 50-year celebration of Pentecost. Now, it's been 50 years your mothers had the Holy Ghost. And listen, as David Duplicis once said, God has no grandchildren. That's right, we're getting too many grandchildren in Pentecost. That's right. God doesn't have a grandchild. Nowhere in the Bible says God has a grandchild. God has sons and daughters, but not grandchildren. Now, what it is, now the first Methodist revival, they were sons and daughters of God. Then they, the old timers, brought in their children, then just put them in the Methodist church. That's exactly what the Pentecostals done. I went to one of the great Pentecostal churches not long ago. Frankly, about three months ago, and was invited down. And they know how I preach holiness. And every one of the women printer in the building wearing manicure and their man with flat top haircuts and uh, down as soon as uh, Sunday school was over, each one walking out of that building and get away from there. They know they had a skin in coming, so they just didn't stay. That's all. They wouldn't stay and take it. That didn't help none because they're going to have to meet it at the day of judgment. You might as well face it right now and get it over with when there's mercy. But there, that's where Pentecost, what is it? The old timers that used to pray all night long. The old timers that had real, real genuine salvation, they come into Pentecost. They got the Holy Ghost. They brought their children and put them on the cradle roll down there. And the first thing you know, we've got grandchildren in Pentecost. But God don't have grandchildren. 
They're all, everyone born in his kingdom, sons and daughters of God. Amen. Amen. Sons and daughters, not grandchildren. God don't have any. They're all sons and daughters. That's why today the message blinds the people so much. is because they're not used to seeing the supernatural. We need the power of God. We need back to real Pentecost. As Billy Graham said recently, you can't ignore the Pentecostal church because it's the fastest growing church in the world today. The Sunday visitor of the Catholic Church said last year that the Pentecostal church registered 1,500,000 converts in one year. Well, the Catholic Church itself never registered half that much. You can't ignore it with all the great ministers across the land. The Pentecostal church is still taking the front lines. Why? You can't stop it. Right? God ordained it and she's gone. But when she gets to a place, she goes bringing grandchildren, adopting and taking up the things of the world. God will move right on out. There'll be another group take it and go right on. That's right. So get back to the firing land, brother. Stay under the anointing. Let nothing bother you. Now, back to those signs. Today, when we're living in the last day, when we see that the capping of the pyramid, the stone that was rejected out of the pyramid, they never did find out why the, the cornerstone was rejected in the temple. But they can't find a stone that would fit it. But now as she begins to heap to the top, each one of those stones coming from Luther, Methodist, Pentecost, then the church will have to get in such a place that when the real headstone comes, it'll fit right joint by joint with it. Like I said last night on the covenant, the church will have to have the Spirit of God in it so much till that Spirit will be doing the same works that Jesus Christ did here on earth. The Holy Ghost having complete control before that woman, the church, can ever unite with her husband, the bride. The grandchildren never see that. They just say, I'm Pentecostal, that's all. Go on. Pentecost is not an organization. Pentecost is an experience that anyone can have. It's a called out, a church, an elected group. Small. Look in the days of Sodom as he's preached this week. There was a great preachers went out into Sodom and began to preach. They preached the message down there. But one stayed back and performed the signs in this little bitty church of minority. Watch the signs it done. And Jesus said that same thing would repeat to the Gentiles in this last day. Here it is. Now, notice, getting late. Oh, it was not getting dark. And they was talking, and as he went on, said, We better roll, brethren. And Satan happened to look down from the top of some smokestack. And he happened to look, and he found the disciples had gone off without Jesus. Said, Here's my chance. And brother, a whole lot of that will compare with today. The church is trying to go on without Jesus. We've had an hour of prosperity when man made big wages, union, and so forth like that. Making big money, the poor people has got it. It's got amongst the Pentecostal people until there's millionaires and everything in Pentecost, which is fine. We, it's, for, it's not the, so much as the down and out, it's the up and out too. God's for all, rich or poor, everybody. There'll be just as many penny heirs in hell as there will be millionaires. It's your attitude towards what God gives you. Are you willing to use your money for the kingdom of God? If so, God will bless you, whether it's a penny or whether it's like the little girl gave me last night or, or some great multi-millionaire's worth many million dollars. Just the same to God. Now, we've had a time of prosperity. We've had big buildings and built big churches and fine pews, built big schools and so forth, till I'm afraid we are going off without Jesus. The devil sees that, and he saw them without Jesus. So he began to blow his breath. 
breaking up the wind, said, now is the time to get rid of them. They're out there by themselves. He's not with them, so we'll just, I just blow my breath up on them, and that'll do the work. We'll sink them right out there in the sea, and we'll get rid of them. And when he began to blow his poison breath, the ship began to toss from side to side. The oars broke, the sails fell, and the little ship was getting waterlogged. All hopes that ever could be saved was gone. And it's almost that way now, friends. Looky here. Look in the city today. Look at the revivals. Look at the places. Everything we got so much money we have to take up millions of dollars and thousands of dollars a week and we got to do all this, that, and the other and this kind of program and that. We've programmed it so much until there's no time for prayer meeting, 20-minute sermon or something or other until it's got to a place to so many educated scholar boys come in. So here not long ago I went into a, a great Pentecostal church to ask them if I could borrow some seats to go into a, my auditorium where I was at. And the pastor said, I would not let anybody sit on my seats that even believed in divine healing. That's true, Hot Springs, Arkansas. Now, and then, like that, it's got to a place. And many of the great churches are trying to smother the thing out, saying we're putting too much emphasis on divine healing, on these other things, and just getting it to a ritual. What is it? You're getting grandchildren in it. You're getting scholars in it instead of God-saved man. Every man that comes to the platform has got to be a pretty little curly-haired uh, Hollywood. we got too much Hollywood evangelism today. Preachers out on a platform and their wives walking up and down there like poured into a skirt with jewels all over their hands and lipstick and short hair. Why, well, it's a disgrace to the world. They call it Pentecost. It might be Pentecost by denomination. It isn't Pentecost by experience. That's right. We need the old-fashioned Holy Ghost Pentecost again. The devil seen us going off on great buildings and great organizations and great this and great that and leaving Jesus out of it. And the devil's beginning to blow his poison breath in. Well, we're climbing up now. We're doing better now. And we got a better bunch of peer preachers, intellectual, fine-dressed man, all these different things. I love and singing. I went to a place here recently where they had a choir was going to sing just before I prayed for the sick and preached. And this great Pentecostal choir standing back there and the man was going to take up an offering and if they didn't blaspheme it, make fun of it, telling jokes dirty up and down one with another, a bunch of women wearing slipstick and rouge and uh, eyebrows all looked something like a devil. All of them plucked out with one little matte stem streak across her face and things like that standing there. Oh, if they wouldn't have thrown me out, I walked up down the floor and said, God, hold me. Keep my mouth shut, please, until I get over this meeting. I thought I'd walk out there and say, you're not fit to sing in a choir for the kingdom of God. With robes on, that's all right. I'm, robes is fine. That's all right. But it wasn't that. But it's that spirit under there. Stood out there and tried to sing some kind of, I, if anything I love is good old-fashioned Pentecostal singing. Well, if a man hasn't got voice even to call hogs, he'll use it for the glory of God and sing in the Spirit. I do hate an overtrained voice that holds up there some kind of a note till they turn blue in the face. Ah, they don't even know what they're saying themselves. How in the world can the Holy Spirit get in anything like that? I don't like that. I like genuine Holy Ghost singing where they sing and clap their hands and praise God. What's the matter? The devil's blowing his poison breath, said, you want to act like the others. Jesus had not left them. You heard my sermon on the lamb and dove. When the dove takes its flight, when it flies on a wolf, it ain't a lamb. Now, Jesus hadn't left them. What did he do? He climbed up the highest mountain there was. 
so he could watch him all the way across the ocean. And when he seen him in trouble, he come walking to him on the sea. He hasn't left us. He proves it now he hasn't left us. He never climbed the highest mountain. He climbed Calvary and kept on climbing till he come into the presence of God on the throne in glory. He climbed so high he could see the universe from his great throne. His eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. He watches you. He's watching this meeting. He wants to see what the results will be. He'll come speak, do signs and wonder, and go away with a broken heart because people turns him down. Notice. Here he come in the midnight hour when all hopes is gone. The owners broke the ship water off. They was holding one another and screaming. What did they see? They seen him coming walking on the sea. And when they did, the only thing that could help them, they was afraid of it. They said it's a spook. There's something funny about that. It's spooky. And the only thing that could help them, they thought, was a ghost. And that's the way with the world today when atomic bombs in Russia and all kinds of missiles and things are hanging in hangars. The UN is sinking and all the uh, nations are against one another. And all we're doing is trying to buy fellowship and friendship. You can't buy fellowship and friendship. It's got to be a gift of God to do that. Certainly, like a marriage that's built up on something like that will never hold. Listen, friend, you can't do that. And in that dark hour, the only thing that could help them come to them, and they was afraid of it. So is it today. The day the Holy Spirit comes among us in our churches, and the outside world looks around and says, Oh, that's a mental telepathy. Uh, uh, that, that's a fortune telling. That's a, the very thing and the only thing that can help them. They're afraid of it. And Jesus, to my text, said, Be not afraid. It is I. Be not afraid. It's me. How do you know it's him? Because it does the works of him. By the fruit you shall know them. By the fruit of the Spirit. You see what they do? You see the works that Jesus did? He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he also. Now, the trouble of this, we get one little thing in the Bible. The Methodists, they got sanctification. They stayed right with it. They wouldn't budge for nothing. Luther got justification. Pentecostal got the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. That's just about the way they go. Now, remember, the Bible's full of divine promises. The Pharisees had their way about it. But when Jesus came, he never contradicted the Scriptures. He came exactly the way the Scriptures said, but they thought it was coming another way. Had to come the way they thought it. That's the same thing happened today. We've gone off on tantrums, see if we can get more in our denomination, say some evil against the other one, tear him down to build up ours, proselyte, and a million more and 44, as the Baptist said in that year. There you are. What do you get but church joiners? The same time, they had to dismiss the church and give 15 minutes for all the people and pastors to stand in the backyard and smoke cigarettes before they come back in again. Tell me not. I was right in the Baptist church when it happened. So, there you are. What good does that do? What we need today is a clean Pentecostal gospel with the power of the Holy Ghost back into the church again. The Bible's full of promises, my brother. There's lots of promises in here for you. Just like recently, there was a, a woman that was so poverty-stricken that the... Uh, they investigated the old woman to find out the charity did to see what they could do for her. They got up there and he said, how old are you? And she said, I'm 80. Said, uh, and you're poverty stricken. Yes. She didn't have even food, been without food. She sold all the furniture out of the house. And she was, some of the neighbors turned it in. She had a little pride about her, so she wouldn't, wouldn't listen to it. They finally, she seen she had to have it. So they told her that 
uh, well, said the investigator said to her, said, lady, have you got any children? She said, yes, I got a son. Said, where's he at? Said, he's in India. In India? Yeah. What does he do there? Says, he's a businessman. Well, said, why don't you let him help you? She said, you know what? He's such a dear, sweet boy. Said, he writes me the prettiest letters that you ever seen. And said then, but I just can't have the nerve to ask him. That's the reason I couldn't ask you all. I couldn't ask my precious boy. He knows my condition. And he knows that uh, I need money. And if he had money, he would send it to me. Therefore, I can't go begging on my son to do that. And said, he, write, said he writes to me. Said he writes to me at least once a month. This is regular. Said sometimes twice. And said, I get the prettiest pictures from him. He always sends me pictures. And I think they're the prettiest things. I always enjoy them so much. Said, what kind of pictures are they? Said, oh, I'll show you. Said, have you got them? Said, yes. Said, where are they at? Said, Said, they're in my Bible. And she goes down the Bible and begins to pull them out. You know what they were? Indian money orders. She had tens of thousands of dollars in Indian money orders, not knowing what they was because they were full of pretty pictures and she thought it was just the pictures. That's the way it is today, friends. This old Bible is just full of treasures. All through there. Why should you be sick or poverty stricken? Why should you be cold and indifferent when the Bible is full of the promises of God? Don't be afraid. It's the Lord Jesus. Do you believe that? Let us bow our heads now. I didn't get down to where I wanted to, but it's getting late. you got services for the evening. Let us pray now. Our Heavenly Father, truly, the Bible is full of promises, and every promise is real. Every promise is ours. You died that these promises might be fulfilled in us. Let the people not be afraid when they see that thing that you spoke of would come to pass, see it happening right among them. May they embrace it and say, yes, Jesus, welcome into my little boat. It's being tossed about. The doctor told me I had cancer. The doctor told me I had tumor. The doctor told me I was going blind. The doctor told me I had TB, all these diseases. The little boat's getting ready to sink as she's sailing life solemn main. Now, let them not be afraid this afternoon when they see you come walking down through the quarters of glory, coming down into the midst of people. May they say, yes, Lord, we're not afraid, but we're here now to believe in you. And may they welcome you in as the disciples did. And immediately the storm ceased and they were at the shore. God grant this afternoon that many people here that will see you walking among the people today as we pray for them. May they realize and believe with all their hearts and may you come into their heart and may they make room for you and welcome you into their little boat of sickness or sin and it'll all be settled. Grant it, Father. Now, while we have our heads bowed, is there a person in here that doesn't know Jesus as your Savior? Before anything takes place, you say, I want to accept him as my personal Savior. Raise up your hand. If you desire to find Christ as your own personal Savior, would you raise your hand? Is there even one? I'm asking you, you're the judge, you know your soul. Is there one in here that's a backslider would want to come back to Christ? One wants eternal life, would want to come. The pulpit is standing here, the altar is open, and we're right here to put first things first, the kingdom of God. We're right here to pray with you until God sanctifies your soul and fills you with the Holy Ghost. If you'll just raise your hand and come forward now, we'll be glad to receive you. No matter how hot it is, if you're not right with God, you'll go in a hotter place than this. So you, you come now and be ready to receive the Lord Jesus. If you're here, we're waiting on you. While we wait just a moment, with our heads bowed, let's hum this song. With our heads bowed, everybody pray, and all you Christians pray. There might be a sinner here a little timid. Now I'm going to linger a little bit so that I'll not be responsible for it. 
their lost condition at the day of the judgment, while we hum now, almost persuaded now to believe, almost persuaded Christ to Once more, please. waiting. Will you come? Heavenly Father, if there be those here, Lord, maybe might be deceived. Maybe Satan's telling them that they're ready when they're not. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. If that, I hope there's not, Father. But if there is, I pray that you'll persuade them, Father. I ask that they sit here in this hot room this afternoon to listen at me go through this message. I pray, Father, that you'll save them. Grant it. May something be done a little later on in the service that will cause them to believe by the healing of the sick or the afflicted or something. Grant that something might be done to persuade them to come to thee. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for the clock there, it's 20 minutes after 4. Now, we want to be out just in a little while. I sent my son and then over, either give out cards or Billy. Billy? All right? To give out prayer cards. What did you give? Uh, e? D? D? 1 to 100? All right? D? 1 to 100. We told all people last night, all that want to be prayed for. Now, in this line, in this line, we are going to pray for the people according to the way that uh, the, uh, the Holy Spirit has given it to pray for the people. Now, Number one, who has prayer card number one? Would you raise your hand? Would that lady come stand right here? While she's coming, number two, would you? Number two, prayer card D number two. All right, lady. Number three, would you raise up your hand? Number three, see, some of them we'll have to pack. All right, number three, number four, number four, would you raise up your hand? D, prayer card D, like in Duncan, see? D number four, all right, come lady. Number five. Number five, quickly, number five, 
You don't have to have a prayer card again, do you, lady? Either one of you will have a prayer card there. The lady in a chair, do you have a prayer card? Okay. Uh, number five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I, I, this is the only meeting I ever was in in my life, oh, that I couldn't get people with a prayer card to come th- up and be prayed for. Number, usually they're tearing over one another, but somehow it just don't, it hasn't worked here. We've had that, how many knows that? We've had it night after night. We call them, they wouldn't even come. All right, D5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Let them come. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Let them come. Got one, two out of that. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Somebody gets cars and leaves the building, you see. Goes away, and that's what does it. 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. 31, 32, 33, 34, 35. Now, see, people get the cards and goes away. Don't. It shouldn't do that. If you get the card, you should just remain. You should remain in the building. Um, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40. That's fine. Now we're getting somewhere. 40, 40 to 50. Let them stand up. All with prayer card D. Stand over here. I think that's always give out. Was there any more cards out, Billy, besides D? Gene? Gene? Just D. Just D. All right. Everyone real reverent, then. Now, uh, prayer card number uh, D. Stand up. That's the prayer cards. All right. All that's got prayer card D, even up to 100, stand up. Is there anybody in here sick that doesn't have a prayer card? Come in too late to get one. Raise your hand. Two or three, four, five, six, seven. All right. Just a moment. We get these prayed for first, and then you... And we'll, we'll see if we get them in there, too. All right? Now, something's got to happen now, hasn't it? Now, how many believe, now since I've told you the different ministries, that this last phase of the ministry will be greater than the rest of it? Sure it will be. It'll be left upon the people, but it'll be a direct positive. This way the Holy Spirit can reveal and say different things, but it will not heal. It cannot heal. Um... Let them back up a little out there, boys. Don't let them stand and go out to the sun. Just let them, let them stand right there so they can get right in the prayer line and come right in. Okay. Uh, did you wonder why when we just bring them through the line and pray for them, we give a prayer card? How many would like to know why? Would you? Keep them coming back in the line again. <laughs> They'll go right back. I've seen, I've seen people go come through the line five times. Just keep going around and around and around. And each time you go, it weakens you that much more, that much more, that much more. Just give them a prayer card. Therefore, when they come on the platform, they've got to hold a prayer card in their hand. Somebody takes a prayer card and just pass them on through the line, see? And that's to keep them from repeating back. It's to the good of the people, see? They, see, you must remember that in a man, there is nothing that can help you. How many knows that? Nothing in a man. We've got great men in the land today. We've got Brother Roberts, Brother Tommy Osborne, Brother Freeman, Brother Allen, Great man of the gospel, but yet there isn't one thing in any of those men can heal you. If anybody says that, he's certainly off the line of the scripture. For Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. With his stripes we were healed. How many believe that? That's the reason I differed with the brother not long ago, and you all got out here in this country, went over that dear brother Branham. That happened not to be the person that said they wrote it, it was somebody else. Looks like that person would have known I'd have known that. I know who wrote the letter. Know it before it was wrote, that it was going to be written. 
Now, God knows that. I know it was going to be written about the blood in the hand being the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Taking some woman from India and bring her in. She's a donna. We got one at home. She's Catholic, a prostitute, bar fly. Every 28 days, bloody in the hands, bloody in the feet, bloody on the forehead. This fellow said to me, he's a great preacher. said, but Brother Branham, every time the Holy Ghost comes up on the woman, why, this happens. I said, yes, every time this woman gets excited, it does it too. If that blood will save people, what happened to the blood of Jesus? It's taken away. It's the Antichrist. There's no such a thing. Don't do no such a thing as that. That's the Antichrist. I, what people believe, little sensations, let them go ahead and believe it. But whenever you come taking away or bringing an Antichrist spirit in the Pentecostal church, it's my business to stand up against it. That's right. Not against the person, but against the spirit that's bringing it in there. That's right. Women like oil running down their back putting it in a little thing and sending it to the people to get healed. Why? If the oral heal the people, what about the blood of Jesus that, what ha- that's taken away from him? How could the filthy blood of a, a 28-day thing with a woman ever save souls when the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, virgin-born, was shed at Calvary? I just have to stand against that. I, there's just something about it. I just have to do it. See, it's wrong. It's wrong. Now, if you want to say, I got the Holy Ghost standing on my head, amen, go on, I don't care what you got. You say, I got it, seen a big light, go ahead and see the big light, amen. If you live the life, I believe you got it. You say, I got it speaking in tongues, amen. If you live the life, I believe you got it. If you don't live the life, you didn't get it. So, see, you've got to have that life behind there. By their fruit, you shall know them. Right. I believe in speaking in tongues, I believe in shouting, I believe in all the Pentecostal experiences, yes. But if, it has, if that isn't tied together with love, it'll never work. Love is what puts it over. When that bull was going to kill me that day and run right up on me. When this maniac, oh, there's so many things. If it, I didn't get angry at that man. I thought the poor fellow, he don't want to hurt me. That's the devil in that man. How many was there when that happened? And I said, sure. I said, there's... I didn't despise him. I said, he said, tonight I'm going to knock you out in the middle of that audience. He could do it, too. He's about 300 pounds, about that tall, and I weighed 128. He was physically able. I didn't want this, never said a thing. Wait. Just let the Holy Spirit sit. Then he said what he was going to do, and then the Holy Spirit said back, because you challenge the Spirit of God, tonight you'll fall over my feet. He said, I'll show you whose feet I'll fall over. Drew back that big arm. I said, come out of him, Satan. And his eyes bulged way out. He swelled out like that. He fell down. He pinned my feet to the floor. Went to show. The God of David still lives. Certainly. He can defeat Goliath on any grounds he meets him on. But you better not try to do it yourself. You better let the Holy Spirit say Because, see, the whole ministry of these years has worked up to this new ministry now. Putting it back, if thou canst believe, I can, if thou will believe. Oh, it's going to be wonderful, I'm just sure. All right, if you can believe. Now, how many did the building and never did, was in my minute, me, meetings before? Let's see your hands. Anybody? Well, my, there's a group of them. Never did see one of the meetings. All right? All that's in the building that know when I first started out that the person laid their hands on me, it was a discernment light on my hand. My hand would swell up and little white things run over it. would be able to tell them what was wrong. Raise up your hand. All right? Then I told you that the angel spoke to me, said, It'll come to pass by be sincere. I know the very secret of their heart. As Moses was given two gifts to confirm his ministry to bring the children of Israel out of bondage, at this would be two signs given me. That time I couldn't say. I didn't know. Then later, what happened? Now, how many ever seen it come to pass then? They know the very secret of their heart. All right. There you are. That ministry still live today. 
Yeah. But now the next one comes in. Speak. And it shall be so. But I cannot speak until the anointing strikes me. The anointing can't strike me until the people believe it. See? That's just back in the lap of the people again. Here. This lady here. Is this one? Is this a patient? Lady. I'm a stranger to you. We do not know one another. Is that right? Now, be reverent just for a few minutes. Be reverent. Now, here's a woman that we've never met before in life. And I don't know her and she don't know me. God knows. As far as I know, I've never seen the woman in my life. She's probably seen me from the audience, but I, I don't know. Now, let's see if the first ministry... Now, if she's got any kind of affliction without a germ... Now, see, if it's a germ disease... That's a, a spirit of death. How many knows that? What is a cancer? A cancer comes the Greek word crab, meaning many legs. And it's a little cell comes in you and begins to multiply cells and builds a great big thing in there, sucks your blood out of you and kills you. You know, that poisons you. Now, you're just a little cell, too. You started, come from your father. And the mother produced the egg and the little blood cell crawled in there and began to develop and it made you what you are. Dog, bird, everything after its kind. But this don't have no farm. It's a devil. Jesus called it when the deaf and dumb spirit came out of the man, he could speak and hear. In my name they shall cast out devils. Now, if the woman's crippled or something or another, like sugar diabetes, that's a chemical thing. But if it's a, if it's a germ disease, uh, it'll tell on my hand. Now, come here, lady. Uh, you know, you know what's wrong with you? Don't tell me, but you, know, you don't know what's wrong, all right? Now, put your hand on mine here. Cross this way, sister. Yes, sir, she has a germ disease. Would you walk this way so I can see? Yes, sir. Now, I want the audience to see this. I want you to look at my hand. Looks just like an ordinary man's hand, doesn't it? I want this woman, when she puts her left hand, or her right hand on my left, turn this way, sister, so it's just laid across my hand. Now, look at it. See it puff up there? See those little white things run over top of it? That's going like this way. Now watch her. Watch her take this hand. Put this hand on. Doesn't change it a bit. Stays just the same. Now I'll take this hand off. Now put this hand on. There it is. Swelling again, starting. Is that right? You're looking right at it. Did you ever see that before? No, no never saw it. Now, now here's how I find out what's wrong. I just lay your hand here. It's a female trouble, a lady's trouble. That's right, raise up your hand. It's the infection in the female hand. She's got an abscess on the ovary. It's exactly got pains high. Now, she also has a drainage from it. Now, that, now, lady, now, I can't take it away. See? But by the Spirit of God, I can make the Spirit leave there. And you can watch it. Now, I want you, have you heard, been in a meeting several times, you heard me preaching? Do you solemnly believe that what I say about that is the truth? Yes. You believe that pillar of fire that they got Amen. the picture of? You believe that's the angel of the Amen. Lord with all your heart? All right. Now, be real reverent. I want. I want you to. I'll lay my hand here if you want to. You see, it's not the way I hold my hand. See, any way it goes, it's the same, isn't it? Yes. The lady's looking around. Can you see it in the audience? Yeah. Now watch. Just take your hand off. Watch. See? There it goes back normal. Now I take this hand and put it on here. You're just as human in one hand as you are in the other. Now I put my hand on. Doesn't change a bit. Now I put your hand there on there. There it is again. Now, that evidently shows that something is in that woman's not right. Now, the anointing of the Holy Spirit's on me, which is life. She's a Christian because her spirit feels welcome. See, I know she's a Christian, but there's something in there trying to take her life. That's a devil. Now, 
Isn't that wonderful? Amen. And then just not make anything myself. Just let it happen. Goes back. Now watch here. Now so that you'll get a good view. Now I want you yourself to watch the hand. Now, if it goes out, okay. If it doesn't, of course I, I can. Now if you'll believe now, see that's what I'm asking you. You will believe if it leaves, and it'll stay away. You'll you'll keep faith up there. Keep when the unclean spirit's gone out of a person, he walks in dry places. Is that right? Returns again. Say something happened. Billy, I just found out what's Leo. I just found out my watch. I this is a three hundred dollar watch that they gave me over in Switzerland. And it, Lois, you know, and Becky, you know, it hasn't kept time for the last four or five days. It's been running wild. I just had to stop this then again. The vibration of that thing. How many remembers in the beginning how it would stop? How many remember it stopped my watch? There it is right now. It stopped again. That's what does it. See, the second hand's perfectly dead. I just happened to think that's what done it. There it is again. Now put your hand on here. Again. And one wouldn't believe in holiness. What about all the earrings and things and unnecessary stuff? But the Holy Spirit stops that. Whether that's for that part or not, I don't know. But the watch won't move, won't even operate as long. And that's a, a Vulcan cricket, the best the Swiss makes. They give it to me, my name in it. Now, sister, now how many in there in this audience solemnly believes and knows that something's happening here, if you can see it? I wish I had time for every one of you. Come by. Has anybody up on the platform never seen it? You all seen it, I guess. You've seen it. You, you. You've seen it, Roy? Come here. Roy is one of our new associates. Now, Brother Roy, look at my hand. Looks as ordinary. Put my hand on it. Looks ordinary. See? I put her hand, this hand on. Looks ordinary. Now, I put this hand on here and watch what happens. There she goes. See what I mean? See how it swells up and them little things hit me? Now, that is a death that's in her, vibrating against life and life holding it back. Now, which is strongest, life or death? Life. Which is the strongest, light or dark? No matter how little the light is, it'll shine in darkness. So then, the power of God is much stronger than the power of death, because he's life. Which was first, life or death? Life. What is death? Life perverted. What is, what is unrighteousness? What is sin? Righteousness perverted. Here, you might know this. You live with your wife as a wife. That's legal. That's fine. That's all right. Holy. Bed's undefiled. The same act with another woman, you're hell bound. What is it? Righteousness perverted. See? Now, same as this. Now, this woman here has a spirit of life in her as a Christian. She has a spirit of death in her as a germ that would finally form a cancer. She'd die. Taking her life, set her to a premature grave. Now, if you will believe with all your heart... Come here, Roy. Anyway, if you will believe with all your heart, she says she will, it'll help her. I'll, you, you watch my hand, Roy. You watch my hand. And I wish that you, especially you ladies, would bow your heads, because this thing, when it comes out, it'll go somewhere else. How many knows that? The Bible said so. It'll go somewhere else, if it can get in somewhere else. Now, I'll hold my hand just like that, Roy. Never move it. Now, see if it'll go out. Everybody reverent now. Be in prayer. Heavenly Father, I don't know when I could ever come back to the fall, Klamath Falls again. I hope right away, Lord. But if I would come back in a year, there's many here. If I live, they'll not be here. They'll go on. 
And I want this to be a sure sign that everything that I can do that they might know that God is God. And I pray for this woman and ask that this evil thing that's about to take her life will come out and leave her. Grant it, Father, in the name of Jesus, thy son. Now, it hasn't left her because it's still hitting my hand. I have never opened my eyes, God knows, but Brother Roy, it's still swelling and uh, running like it did. Uh, Sister, before I open my eyes, it's still swelling, isn't it? Still just the same as it was. It did not come out. Now, that you might know that the Word of God is right. Now, if this woman, I haven't went in discernment with her, but believing that she's a Christian and prayed up, now, now, God gives us power not to heal but to cast out a spirit. Now, you keep your eye on it and see if it leaves. Now, Roy, you watch and see, or any of you, you want to watch, see if my hand moves or anything. Heavenly Father, that the world might know. We don't ask for miracles. We can doctor this generation does that. But that the world might know that you are still keeping your word. I command this devil that's bothering my sister, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. Now, there it went. Now, before I open my eyes, my hand has turned back white from the blue-red. The little white dots have ceased. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Open your eyes, everybody. Now, I'll look myself. There it is. Now, would you all look at that, brother? Yes. Something happened, didn't it? Yes, sir. Now, look here. I'll take this hand and put it on here. See how it looks? Thank you. I'll take this hand put it on here. Look here. Hallelujah. Thank you. Just the same Lord, as Amen. Can you see it from there? Amen. Now, what happened? The devil was cast out. The woman's free. She go on her way rejoicing. That's right. Now, she's seen it. These ministers seen it. And you from there saw it. You got our word. That is true. If you'll just believe. Come, lady. Now, everyone reverend, let's see this woman here. Let's just see your hand a minute. Before we start the prayer line, let's see your hand. Turn your hand over like this. I don't know you first. Are we strangers to one another? We're born miles apart and years apart. You're much younger than I. But this is our first time meeting. Yes, sir, she does have a, a germ disease. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Amen. Stomach trouble. Do you believe with all your heart that the Lord Jesus can heal you and make you well? You do. I want you to watch. I move your hand off of mine. I look how my hand turns. Now let me have the handkerchief you want someone. I wait turn this over. Now look at there. Just an ordinary isn't. Now I take your handkerchief back here. Now I take this hand and turn it right in here. Now look at it swell. See it? See them little white things running over? Now that's from the vibration which the ulcerated condition would cause her to hemorrhage or anything else. See? Now, now I cannot heal the woman, but by a gift of God I can make the evil leave her. You are a Christian. You've prayed up. You'll give God praise. You believe me to be his servant. You believe this to be the truth. Hallelujah. Now watch my hand. Anybody want, if you want to watch it, you're more than welcome. I want you to notice it's not a position of hand or anything. Now, let's die. Now, if you're a little allergic to stomach trouble, this is caused from a nervous condition. Now, now if you'll just bow your head. Our Heavenly Father... Not that it be a public show, but that these people standing in this prayer line might have faith to be prayed for and healed. Let it be known, Lord, that Thou art God and I am Your servant. I pray that You'll confirm Your word today by casting out evil spirits. Lord, the end is nigh. The time is coming. And people must know sure that we, the Christians, know that our hope is not built upon some kind of a mystic something, but upon purely the Word of God and a God who can make all things work together. Now, Father... I've asked you to be with me and help me as I go by faith to challenge this devil that's harmed my sister. Satan, 
I charge thee by Jesus Christ, the Son of God, by his resurrection and triumph over you. He stripped you of all legal powers. You're nothing but a bluff. We're calling your hand. By a gift of God given to me, ministered by an angel, I charge thee in Jesus' name, come out of the woman. Leave her and let her go. I left. If at least my hands quit. I've never looked at it, but quit vibrating. Is that right? Hallelujah. There it is. See? Turn normal. That's gone from you. You go on your road and rejoice and say, thank you, Lord, and be made well. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to them. Do you believe it? Now have faith in God. How many out there? Now, that's one gift, working with that. Now to another gift. Do you believe with all your heart? How many out there are sick or got something wrong with you? Raise up your hands. Just so that you'll know before we pray for the sick. God help me. Now be reverent. Sit still. No matter where you are, balcony up and down the rows, no matter it. It doesn't matter a bit. You just keep on believing. Just be reverent. Now don't, don't make yourself... You're getting nervous. Just quieten yourself. Say, Lord, I believe. Say, I'm a stranger to the man. Let him tell me, and I'll believe with all my heart, if he just let me say, if say to me, be real reverent, everyone. See, each time you move, your spirit, see, I got your position where you're at, feeling your vibration, then when, they, when you move, then it interrupts the spirit, see, and I don't get it. Here, here's a man sitting on the corner, right here. Seems like I know his face. I don't remember who he is. Did you have up your hand just a few minutes ago? You did. Well, you know that I don't know what's wrong with you. I have no way of knowing. But do you believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, can reveal to me what's wrong with you, sir? You seem to be... You've got a growth. That's right. The growth is in the ear. Do you believe with all your heart now and he'll heal you? All right. Have faith. That kind of shaky lady? What about them varicose veins? Think that God would heal those veins? Huh? Do you? You're up for an operation this next week on them. Do you believe that God will make you well? If that's right, raise up your hand, lady. All right. Now, I want to ask you something. Just as soon as I spoke to that man, something struck you. Was that right? If it is, wave your hand. It's because that light went right off the top of the man, right onto the woman. I don't know neither one of them, and I, I've seen this man somewhere. I can't tell who he is, but I've seen his face, but I don't know who he is. But Jesus Christ knows him. He knows all about him. He's the same Lord Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you believe it with all your heart? Here's a lady sitting here with her head bowed. I never seen her in my life. But she's praying. Lord, let it be me. The woman, she has bad feet and she's got heart trouble. And she's praying for herself. If she don't miss it. The lady, oh my. The lady is not from here. She's from California. Her name is Miss Goodwin. You believe now? Raise up to your feet if that's right. If every bit of the truth. And you're sitting praying for that. Raise your hand. Are we strangers? One other way your hand like this. All right. Return to your home. Jesus Christ makes you well. If they won't believe this, they will believe that. They have to believe that. Oh, if you can only uh, believe. If, if There's a lady sitting right back there looking at me. And she's got, uh, she's got a lump in her left breast. Do you believe that God will heal you, lady, and make you well? If you believe with all your heart? Right? Here's another lady sitting right back here. No, it's a man she's praying for. It's her brother-in-law. He's got cancer of the throat. Do you believe that God will make him well? Respond to it quickly if you... No, all right. I've seen the man vanishing away, you see. You must, when you're called, answer quickly. Don't doubt. 
Believe with all your heart. Man sitting back there, asthmatic condition, coughing. You believe God will make you well? Believe with all your heart? If you can believe it, all right. Mr. Lowe and God will make you well. If you believe it. Why do I have to call your name? Do you believe it? Everyone, have faith. Just have faith in God. You don't get rid of that stomach trouble, sir, back there, suffering with your stomach? If you do, stop smoking them cigarettes and God will tease your stomach. Amen. You believe with all your heart? How many believe now with all your heart? Say, I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ will heal the sick. What do you think? Believe the back trouble leave you and God make you well and you go home and be well? All right, just take on your road. You believe in all your heart. All right. You believe with all your heart? You believe the heart trouble will get well? You believe you'll be all right? A woman preacher ought to anyhow. You believe with all your heart. Go on your road. Now look, I'm beginning to feel myself weakening right now. I've got too many in line. Uh, how many believes? If the first gift works, the second gift's work, the third's got to work. It's God. Now, how many in use prayer line out there has already prayed through and believe it's God's will to heal you? Raise up your hands. Lady, have you prayed through? Believe that God's going to heal you? Then there ain't nothing for me to do but just cast out the devil and let her go on and be well. She's already prayed through, isn't it? Is that right? Now, how many of you will join with me in prayer that each of these people, when they come by, by laying on hands of them, they'll get well? Do you believe that? Or you all come through with all your heart now. Just walk steady, right? Now, just a moment. Before that, I'm trying to get that anointing. It's so hard to get it away after it wants to get on. For that, I see a child keep appearing before me here. Look like a rupture or something on a child. It's you. Praying for a baby there. I challenge you to believe God. I challenge you to believe Him. Don't be afraid. It's Christ, the Son of God. Here I only believe all things are possible. Come now, sister. In the name of Jesus Christ, the devil leaves. Come, mother. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cast out this devil. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cast out this evil one. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cast out this evil one. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cast out the evil from the child. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cast out the evil. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cast out the evil. You believe that people be healed? Sure. You believe it? You went through the line? Are they going to be well? Do you believe it? Have faith now. I want to see if something echoes back. Be in prayer now. Everybody in prayer. And when you come through here, believe if you don't want to do a bit of good. All right? I cast out the evil from my brother in Jesus' name. Come, sister. Have faith now. I cast the evil away from sister and bless her in Jesus' name. I cast away the evil and ask for the blessings of God in Jesus' name. I cast away the evil by laying on hands. In my name they shall cast out devils, said Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cast out the evil from my brother. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cast the evil from the children. Thank you, Lord. And the little one. God bless you. You believe it's going to be straightened? They'll grow right. Yeah. I know. See, I start that. It just keeps moving on and on. Trying to work another measure. But now listen. You believe me with all your heart. Your children's going to be well. You believe that? God's give you what you've asked for. Now. Go, 
In the name of Jesus Christ, I cast out the evil. Now, what it was, the little lady was kind of weak in faith. I just had to tell her about the children so it make her have faith. That's all. See? Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for my sister and cast out the evil in Jesus' name. I cast away the evil from this sister in Jesus' name. I cast away the evil from my sister in Jesus' name. I cast away the evil from my sister in Jesus' name. Still think you got the call? Huh? Think you want to preach the gospel? <laughs> Lord, help the little one, I pray in Jesus' name. Bless her little heart. She has to request for her father. Bless her little heart. God bless you, honey. God take care of Papa. God, in Jesus' name, heal my sister. Heal my brother, God, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ, heal my sister. In the name of Jesus Christ, heal my sister. Oh, God, heal my sister in Jesus' name. Heal my brother in Jesus' name. Heal my sister in the name of Jesus. Heal my brother in the name of Jesus Christ. Heal my sister in the name of Jesus Christ. Heal my little brother here. Thank you, Levi. In the name of Jesus. Heal my sister, God, in Jesus' name. Heal this, my sister, in Jesus' name. Heal this, my sister, Father, in Jesus' name. Heal this, my sister. I cast away the evil from her in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cast away the evil. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cast away the evil. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cast away the evil from my brother. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cast away the evil from my brother. Amen. Do you believe they were healed? Does the Bible say this? Now, let's just take this for just a moment. Can God be wrong? Can God lie? Well, it's impossible, isn't it, friends? It's totally impossible for God to lie. Now, is uh, the lady with the little one there. Now, to you that just went through this prayer line, that's the way that baby went through the prayer line one week ago today. Is that right, sister? All right. Did you hear my sermon, how I mentioned about something like that? Now, there's a little baby on its road well, all healing up. Now, you just watch it. The same thing doesn't take place with you. Now, you see, friends, God can go some, so far, but you've got to meet him on them grounds there. You believe it? Amen. What do you think about it? Amen. You. Think the stomach get all right? Be made well? That's your wife sitting there. I have a sleeping like disease or something. That's correct. You got stomach trouble and you're a preacher. You believe the gospel. Is that right? I've never seen you in my life. We're total strangers. Is that true? There's a light right over you. I'm watching it. Now raise up your hand if that's the truth. Both of you. Put your hand over on your wife. Wife, put your hand over on him. Satan, you are exposed. Come off of them servants of God. I command you in Jesus Christ's name. Depart from them. There you are. Now, rest in peace. See that? That man saying, I've never seen him in my life. And there the spirit caught him, right like that. Now I seen that light flash around over the building. I looked at it, I thought, what was that? Some reflection out there. And I looked, here come that light settling right down over. And then a vision broke out over the top of it. Never seen him in my life. They wasn't in the prayer line. You, you wasn't in the prayer line, was you, sir? 
You have no prayer card or nothing. No, of course, there's no prayer cards out. So then all the prayer cards are gone. See? So there you are. See, it's just your faith in God. What more could Christ do? He can come here and hold his hands out and say, I am he. Fear not, I am he. Believe me and be healed. Is that right? Oh, don't you love him? Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Isn't Jesus my Lord wonderful? Uh, eyes have seen, ears have heard, what's recorded in God's Word. Isn't Jesus our Lord wonderful? Let's all sing it together. Isn't he wonderful? up our hands and praising. Oh, Lord. Rose of Sharon, Lily of Valley, Morning Star, Alpha Omega, beginning and end, he that wants which is and shall come, root and offspring of David, counselor, prince of peace, mighty God, everlasting Father, wonderful. Oh, how we thank and praise thee, our Lord, for your goodness and your mercy to the children of man. How we praise thee and magnify thee, and truly Son of God. We thank Thee for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, our eyes have seen the Holy Spirit. My, the poet said, my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Truly, Lord, our ears have heard Your voice speak, seen it act and take place that devils is subject unto You. Oh, Lord, devils is subject unto Your name. Devils is subject unto Your power. And Secrets of hearts is being made known. The sick are being healed. The afflicted people are getting well. The blind see the deaf hear the lame walk. The dead's raised up. The coming of the Lord is at hand. How we thank thee, Lord. God bless Plymouth Falls, Lord. Pour out your spirit on these ministers and pastors here. God upon your church, upon all the neighboring cities around about. Save every soul that can be saved, God. Grant it, I command that you grant it. And then, Father, these handkerchiefs are slain here. They represent sick people. Someone, somewhere is suffering. When these handkerchiefs come up on the people, may the Holy Ghost come up on them and heal their sickness. Grant it, Lord. We thank and praise thee for all that thou hast done. And if there be one, your Lord, yet that doesn't have faith after seeing you, may they not feel that it's spooky or something wrong. May they hear that sweet voice say, Fear not, it is I, be of a good courage. And they let them welcome you into their little bark this afternoon. They shall go to their home rejoicing and praising God, saying, We've seen him like those who came from Emmaus. After they had walked and cried all day and through the night, knowing she was dead and put in a grave and buried, then you walked with them. And then when you got them in a room to themselves, you did something just like you did before you were crucified. And they know that you alone did that. So they recognized it was you. You've done the same thing for us today. After 2,000 years, here you are today in the meeting doing the same thing you've done before your crucifixion. Surely you're not dead, Lord. You live forevermore. You've raised from the dead. Triumph over the dead. All your enemies been made your footstool. And you give your power to your church and to your people. You, you sit it on high and give
give gifts to men. And here we are in the end time. The evening lights are shining. It'll be light, said the poet, in the evening time. The path of glory you will surely find. Oh, God, let people find that path and walk in it. We thank you for everyone that has found it. And we praise thee for it. Heal every sick person that's in the city. Every person that's here in the church. If there be one here in the balcony, anywhere around that's sick or suffering, let my prayer atone for them while the anointing of the Holy Ghost is upon me. Let the Spirit of God, who can discern the thoughts of the heart, as the Bible said, the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. Even uh, to a piercing to the sunder, the marrow of the bone, and a discerner of the thoughts of the heart. Now, what is the Word of God? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Here He is in the resurrection today, dwelling among us. The Word being preached by the power of the Holy Ghost and discerning the thoughts of the heart. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let the people see it, Lord, before it's ever too late. I command them to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you believe? Do you believe? With all your heart, can you accept it? I command you to Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, and to the pastor as God's servant. God bless you till I see you again.